Hello and welcome to episode two of Two Faced Fake Snakes, the new podcast from the little known hip hop act, The Lineup. I'm back with my co host, Toomey, and this is Professor T. How are you, how are you doing, Toomey? I'm Grant. I, yeah, it's Saturday morning. I'm having a cup of coffee with you. We're into episode two, which is great. The first episode we recorded several times, so it's great to be free from, um, from that. And yeah, I'm just looking forward to, to talking about new things. Do you know we've actually been doing this for two months now, and this is actually our own. This is our first real attempt at episode two. Pretty much, we're veterans now. There's a surprising amount of issues with USB microphones. They're the most commonly used at a, a sort of low price level, but you can't record two USB microphones and two separate recording channels in the one laptop. And we didn't know that, so we we thought everything would be fine with our two USB USB microphones, and we figured out as we went on that there was a myriad <laughs> well, some people of, say of just there were myriad problems. oh shit <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it's not a myriad but I, think I was you, trying it out I think I you can say a myriad as well can you but I okay. think myriad means a number of so saying a it's like saying a a number of welcome to the English language uh, <laughs> podcast <laughs> we've, had, we've had myriad problems Myri- I think, I think that sounds right. fucking disgusting though you can yeah say. yeah okay I tried it out we, we learned from it uh, what was the point I was making there. Oh yeah, it was just that we, we uh, uh, came across lots of problems and I've declared boldly that they're all behind us. Okay, and something else that's behind us is DJ Mafia because <laughs> we started talking about that in episode one and we are going to, that's the shittest segue I've ever it's, No, but it's actually, we had discussed before that we're going to do sort of an intro thing anyway, yeah. so it was wrong on... Yeah. On many levels. Uh, I should have said something else that's behind us is episode one, and now we're in episode two. <laughs> episode two, yeah. So, so maybe like maybe we'll just lay out what are we going to talk about in episode two. Okay, roughly, I have a few bullet points here. So we left the cliffhanger of DJ Mafia at the end of the first episode. So that's our first topic for discussion today. And then I think we'll probably move into when we started rap battling. To be honest, I'm not sure if we discussed that on episode one or not. I don't think so, though. We've done so many attempts at that episode now. It's, it's, it's kind of a haze. It's a confusing mess. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to go into it in depth a bit more. Yeah. Um, then I think maybe the fact that it occurred to us that we could actually write and record a rap album. And maybe if we get on to this very start of how we started recording the first yeah. album, that'll probably be what we cover off in this episode. Okay. Great. Okay. Great. So, so we'll uh, maybe see you guys in a minute. Welcome to yeah. Okay, so welcome back after that little music interlude there. Um, so, Toomey, your first foray into creating <laughs> Interesting words today. Your first yeah. foray into your myriad attempts <laughs> at recording music. Uh, yeah, so that was the, the DJ Mafia. And um, I, it was me and my friend Stephen Castell, and both of us in our teenage years had acquired mixing decks, so mixer and two turntables. And um, what I like to do with with the turntables and, and mixer and bleh, <laughs> is to I wanted to be a hip hop scratch DJ in my mid teens, and that, I thought that was a really cool thing to do. To you, it's sort of like making the the mixing decks into an instrument, so having a beat on one deck. And having like vocals just a cappella on the other and then making your own sort of sound. 
my friend Stephen Gustell was doing the same with his mix index and we formed a group called the DJ Mafia which he came up with he, was, into, he was into the Godfather especially the Godfather part 2 he, wa- he watched that a lot of times I remember you watching and um, being particularly into the film 187 for some reason 187 <laughs> That was, that was a, a like a sort of a boys in the hood type of film. That was like a gangster ghetto kind of. It was one eight seven the code for murder or something like. Yeah, that. it was. I yeah. remember that being. And that was it's really cool to know that that was yeah. the code for it. And you'd, <laughs> you'd share that as much as you could. Uh, but yeah, so that's where the DJ Mafia came. And what it was was basically the two of us m- messing around on the mixing decks, record like having beats in the background, and it turned into impressions of teachers to music. So you had an interesting name for your stage name. In the DJ Mafia. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know we've discussed it before. We've discussed it before, uh, so it won't be as funny as it would have been as if it, as if it was spontaneous. But <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell stories for the second time. <laughs> no, it's can't pull it off. It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. <laughs> so, I'm sorry to have put you in this position, <laughs> but it's necessary. It is necessary. It's, uh, yeah, you can't go through life. You can't just of... skip all the good material just because it happened to take place spontane- <laughs> spontaneously the first time, and then spontaneously. <laughs> The spontaneity is gone. Okay, the spontaneity is gone. So, not, oh no. Anyway, uh, I don't know. I was going into a freestyle rap uh, there. Um, but yeah, so I came up with my name. His name was Sir Kessilot, which came from his surname, Castell. Um, and my name uh, was DJ Condom. And I was very happy with this name uh, when I came up with it. I thought it was really cool. Yes. Yeah. Well, condom was a cool word. Like, let's be honest. It was a really cool word. It was kind of risque. It was sort of something that yeah, you'd see used condoms in the yard, and <laughs> you, that would be the news you'd tell your friends. That and some people would say calm down as well, or calm down. Calm down. <laughs> so yeah, calm, have a pack of condoms. Condoms, you might say. Yeah. So and also with the the, the kind of like the genius behind that was that my first name is Connell and my second my, my middle name was Dominic so I put the two of them together and it became Con Dom and I thought I was the most ingenious uh, artist and you know what one eight seven meant and I'd, I'd watched The Godfather too at the age of fifteen wow. uh, but anyway the, the end of the DJ Mafia sadly came it it, it uh, went in line so it uh, uh, let me. Oh, I get this. <laughs> yeah, you know, two things are going along the same track. Coincided with? Coincided, yes. With, thank you, with the end of my close friendship with uh, Sir Kessilot. And uh, yeah, we sort of drifted apart uh, as we got older in our teenage years, and we had a fight one day in the yard, and that was kind of uh, the symbolic ending of it, where we were having an argument over who was po- more popular or who was a better rapper, Tupac Shakur or Biggie Smalls. I think I was firmly in the Biggie Smalls camp and he was in, he was going on about Tupac being better and ridiculously we came to blows about this. Ah, sure. <laughs> Those things happen. And, right right. and that was, and then we stopped being friends and that was the end of the DJ Mafia. But I still had the decks then after that. Well, you had the decks in the divorce. The decks? No, they were your decks, right? The decks in the divorce? The divorce of you and Castell. Yeah. You got the decks in the, it was a joke. As in like you get the car in the divorce. Right. The divorce settlement. With the divorce. Well, you'd say you got the, car in the divorce. Oh, in the divorce. I, I said, as a part of the divorce settlement. Oh, okay. I thought you said the decks and the divorce. No, no, no. no. You got the decks in the divorce. Well, it turns out not to be true anyway because you had your own decks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's... Yeah. Whatever. Uh, okay, so that's DJ Mafia. Okay, so that kind of brings us up to the point where you did a gig in uh, as part of a clunking Christmas party. Uh, fill us in about <clears> that. Just briefly, if you want. 
And that was that was my first time to perform to a crowd since the Irish College play that we did all those years ago. And yeah, and I wasn't alone. No. So. Well, I kind of wanted to be involved as well because I wanted to be <laughs> the centre of attention just as much as you, I suppose. And uh, yeah, I decided that I would introduce you, so I kind of played the MC for the night and gave you an introduction, and kind of that gave me a little taste as well what it was like to perform. And I really got a kick out of it. I was only up there for three or four minutes, but um, I think it planted a seed in my brain that we would develop on quite soon afterwards. Yeah, and you really hyped up the crowd, and everyone was paying attention, and everyone was really excited for me to go on and do my uh, like DJ slot. And I had this little like scratch routine at the start set up, and there was a big crowd. Everyone was cheering. And they were cheering your introduction, and they were cheering me, yeah. uh, and that was that was like a really nice, nice buzz. Um, and then the the rest of the night wasn't as good because I found DJing actually stressful, trying to like decide what people wanted to hear. And like I only had a limited amount of records because in those days you had to buy the records in advance. There was no Spotify or internet, so I had a finite number of records, <laughs> and I was running out of of tunes to play for the whole night. And people were asking me for stuff that I didn't have. So the, f- the whole thing I didn't actually enjoy, but I enjoyed that first bit where you were up introducing me, and then I did that sort of performance bit with the scratching. I enjoyed that. That's what stands out for me. The rest of it, not so much. Another another thing about that was like a lot of people came up on stage and asked me, "Can I have a go with the decks? Can oh. I have a go?" It was like that constantly, and they were getting drunker as the night went on. Yeah. Sort of, and they were like, "Yeah, give us a go there," and I was getting really like protective of the decks, and then towards the end of the the night. And Michael John, one of the lads, came up and said, can I have a go? And I said, no, you can't have a go on the decks. And he was like, Jesus, Jesus, calm down. Because I, I was so stressed at that point uh, that I, I wanted to just go home and I didn't want anyone to touch my decks. In fairness, though, like, in another situation, you wouldn't go up to somebody and go, can I have a go on your guitar? Like, you wouldn't go up to a fucking musician in a pub and go, can I sing a song? <laughs> well, some tracks probably would, but, like, yeah. for the most part, you wouldn't because yeah. a barrier exists between it, yeah. the performer and the crowd. But because it was something different and people think it's DIY, anyone can fucking do it, yeah. they probably, the barrier kind of wasn't yeah. there. Yeah, and also the barrier, the physical barrier in Scots, the stage was, was very low down. Oh, it was about one foot above the rest of the ground. Yeah, and ridiculous. people were wandering up and down on the stage. So it was like sort of being a performer in quotes uh, with people trampling on your performance the yeah. whole time and then really I think around that time um, or shortly after that point 8 Mile came out and we were both big fans of that film went to see it in the cinema together yeah. um, and then immediately thought we were rappers we knew that night when yeah, we I, think, I think we knew yeah. <laughs> because I had the decks and I was doing hip hop stuff you knew you you had done the MC, yeah, like a little like introductions yeah. type stuff. So we kind of both were moving towards wanting to have an outlet uh, for like performance or creativity. Yeah, kind of, yeah. there there was something in there I think inside of both of us and uh, inside in both of us and uh, we we I suppose rapping was the easiest way to get it out because neither of us really played an instrument. As we've discussed, DJing was something, but it wasn't quite. I don't know yeah. if it was make, giving you the creative fulfillment that you needed. Maybe yeah, it was like it's not necessarily overly creative. Like it's not. It's more like a nice service you're providing for people. Yeah, almost. but there's not much room 
to move yeah. around it. And even the, cre- the bit I enjoyed was the creativity, the scratching bit. Yeah. Um, but jokes aside, immediately after watching that film, we did genuinely think we could rap, or we probably could to a degree. But yeah. we, were, we were starting to rhyme stuff, we were starting to do a bit of rap battling. Yeah. Usually when we were out drinking, usually yeah. more so inspired by the film. Like yeah, we, hadn't, yeah. we didn't have a clear plan to actually do it properly. No, but, but like we were getting kind of decent at it, and the ability to kind of think on your feet kind of came with that. And, and there was a, there was a real comedy element to it. Yeah, too. we'd be both like a double act on nights out. Yeah, and it was, it was quite easy to entertain people because they were quite easily impressed with anything that rhymed. Yeah. Really. And, <laughs> Uh, being able to come up with three or four lines in a row was just like yeah. people were just blown away and I remember you being like towards the end of nights being very drunk and having the confidence and going on for ages with, with the rap like and just like making it funny and bringing yeah. in people in the room and yeah so it was kind of we yeah we sort of got into that we sort of drifted into it yeah um, we became kind of a party piece I'd say party piece yeah, yeah. that's it yeah yeah okay and, um, but then it didn't remain a party piece we kind of started not soon after taking it a bit more seriously yeah because I suppose we were doing it, or you were doing it mainly, and uh, we kind of came together at a, at a night out in a town, in a night in town, in a nightclub, and we we're like, why don't we? We sat down, we were having drinks, and, yeah, and uh, we said, why don't we actually try and do this? Like, exactly. I, I said, I have the decks, I have the setup to do it. We know how to record. Yeah, and a party I, piece. We decided, yeah, it was January two thousand and four. <clears throat> we decided then and there that we were going to have a go at it, and. The following week, we actually fucking followed through with the plan, and we met up, and we went into the ironing room. Yeah, a small room in the upstairs of my house, the ironing room. And, uh, yeah, that was the, the thing that we'd, like, we were drunk when we were planning to do it, but actually to, to sit down and go there the next week with a plan to do it. And follow through with it, because I've all, I'm very, um, I was going to say guilty of, I hate the fucking phrase. I, I'm always making plans when I'm locked to do creative things. I don't know if you're yeah. the same. And... You have all the inspiration in the world, but mm. when the dust has settled and you're sober the next day, it's very difficult to actually follow up with the same enthusiasm you had for this very same topic the night previously. Yeah, and I think it's because like it's much easier to do things once you're in a structure. So like in my sort of uh, career, I can produce like I produce research papers. That's one of the things I sort of do, and it's much easier for me to do that within the work setting that I'm in. There's a structure around me. Um, and with comedy or creative stuff, it's much easier to like do stuff when you're getting support by the environment around you. So yeah. we had talked before about like writing a play yeah. or being an actor yeah. or writing a book together. Yeah. But it's really hard when we're starting from scratch and we don't, we don't know where, where would you go with that? We don't have any of the kind of infrastructure yeah. to, to do any of those things. And I, I think we've both found over the years of trying out those various things. You start off, you like write something, you have that initial burst of enthusiasm and then you kind of because there isn't something motivating you to keep doing it yeah. you, you kind of stop whereas doing with it. work you you know you have to go in on Tuesday and Wednesday and you know you have to finish the thing by yeah. the same date deadline and but we didn't have any deadlines imposed upon ourselves yeah so it's, it's really hard and you don't know how to make the progress on those, those but I think because though I think this is what you're getting at eventually is that yeah. because we had the room in your house with the decks because we had yeah. a microphone even though it was a shit one and because we had uh, the facilities there. Yeah, and I've been I've been doing mix and deck stuff for like six months or a year at that stage. So yeah, I knew we knew how to record the beats. We had the beats. We just we're taking other people's beats. The structure was there, and it was easy. Yeah, it, it was, was like to be creative. Like, it was absolutely easy. Yeah, it, it just came so naturally. Two turntables and a microphone. Yeah, and a mini disc player. And well. two, the record played the beat, and we recorded in through the microphone, and the mini disc captured all of that. So yeah. we did everything in basically one take. Yeah, and if we didn't like the take, we did another take. Like, how easy is that? 
like that when you look at it like to just go in and we go and record everything is there press record pl- play the music yeah and then listen back to it like yeah. a couple of minutes later and I know. that's like the output is there of what, yeah. the creativity absolutely so it's, yeah. it's so satisfying i think it is it really is actually yeah so we were kind of it didn't take long and we produced four songs actually. yeah that first night so the first session we produced four songs yeah, yeah. uh so we were trying to remember previously what they were i remember now that one of them was uh, it was the X we, we discussed before it was the exhibit beat X go and give it to you yeah, and I did the musical kind of chorus to that then we did another I song. don't believe yeah I'm not going to sing it again the spontaneity isn't there okay yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so we did that if one there's a title for this episode it's spontaneity lack of spontaneity lack of spontaneity yeah absolutely <laughs> then we did um, the other song uh, which was I stand here alone holding a microphone that was you I don't need you snakes I'll make it on my own Yes, snakes, uh, an early kind of reference to snakes, but that popped up again and again down the yeah. line, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, then we had uh, Lemon Zest was actually one of the songs. Was it? Yeah, because I was racking my ah. brain. I was racking my brain thinking what were the songs really? that we did. Lemon yeah, Zest. Lemon Zest was one of those really? four songs. I meant to say that to you, actually, but I'm saying wow. it to you now. Because your verse in Lemon Zest is one of your texts yeah. from that album. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. it's it's very competent. I'd like to be one of a kind, the kind of person you cannot define with just sentences. My relentlessness to be different has ultimately affected my way of living. It's a mixture of wanting to be liked for who I am, but also I want people to be able to see the man inside me, humorous at the best of times, not nearly at the pinnacle of my creative prime, but also a person not laughing at death several times. Every yeah. Unfortunately, we kind of rapped in American accents back then, and even if, yeah. I, if I go back to rap that now, I'm almost trying very hard not to do it in American accents but uh, yeah that's what we started off with we didn't mean to do that I mean we may have like said to each other we're going to be ourselves and keep it real was the kind of lingo the term in hip hop so we didn't want to be American but yes American accents came out uh, yeah so there was that heck the X going to give it to you uh, chorus bit there was my kind of thing my verses about snakes yeah <laughs> and I, I, snakes. I actually rapped your lyrics because I hadn't written anything yet um, yeah. so uh we both rapped your lyrics for that song Stand Alone I ended up calling it I just gave it a title but uh, yeah. that was what it would yeah yeah and we I, like that was the time like we, we were experimenting we were writing like lyrics during the week in copy books like, yeah I was doing like, four pads it was, yeah. it was really good fun like to be like yeah it was just like oh we're actually doing this now and we're like we had that really nice experience record four songs the first night we were happy with them we had a great time we were drinking cans in the ironing room and it was really spontaneous yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one take as well. The recording was straightforward, and yeah, after that, I think we knew that we were going to keep going with it yeah. and give it a go. So that was kind of the we kind of dipped our toe in the water of recording, and we produced four songs. We brought them into school, let people hear them. We were so confident and happy with our results that we did. We show them the next week. Did we go straight? I, in? I think we went in on Monday and we brought in the mini disc player. Yeah, we. I remember yeah. you. I think you were passing the mini disc around English class and people were listening to you, yeah. or listening to it and giving you feedback and stuff. Like I think we should maybe move on to let's start when we started making the first album. So yeah, uh, the first album basically we say album. So just to set the scene, we we recorded four songs on a mini disc and we ended up passing them around school and people liked them etc etc so we decided then that we were going to do an album and we had so much creativity in us at the time that we didn't even use the four songs that we 
<laughs> that we put on the mini disc for the album we wrote completely new songs from scratch except yeah. for Lemon Zest uh, the other three never made it to the album we had so much fucking mat- near, so yeah. much material <laughs> that we were like no we don't need those that's in the past let's move on let's do new shit yeah. um, and we were meeting up every week for a period of time having cans on a Friday night and we'd record two or three new songs really each week wasn't it yeah, that's exactly yeah. what we would do, yeah. And we would go in, sometimes I would, I would write the lyrics in advance, sometimes you would as well, but oftentimes we just arrive there and write them on the spot. And mm. it was just, it, it just flowed. They flowed yeah. out of us. But um, shortly after that, we did what was, what, what became one of our hits in the record commas, and that was the intro song, Who the Fuck Are You? We're the motherfucking line. People still say that to me to this day. Like, that's gone down. It in, was a really catchy. Like, yeah. it, was just, it summed up the whole energy of it. So it was basically, Who the Fuck Are You? We're, we're the, the motherfucking, motherfucking lineup. lineup. Who the Fuck Are You? We're, we're the, the motherfucking, motherfucking lineup. lineup. Who the Fuck Are You? We're, we're the, the motherfucking, motherfucking lineup. The lineup, the lineup, the lineup. What? That's genius. <laughs> He's pulled the trigger on the winger. I said, fuck it, I figure I'm bigger than a fatter or phase you snigger. But I'll be the one who's laughing quicker than a fat bastard of ours or snickers. When you're lost for words, when you listen to my lyrics. Pot provoking, praise evoking, my shit, it's got spirit. See the lineup we deliver. Colder shit than a dose of the shivers. Hotter shit than a Mexican summer, and we're so aftershock to see a liver. We not only think we're clever, but we've talented Langda forever. We we, I think we both just felt so free and like yeah. we could do anything back then that the, we didn't really give a shit about what the lyrics were. We just wrote and it just came out of us. Yeah, it was it was just a free time and going up on stage later and just belting that out and yeah, it was, it was class. But we won't go into that right now. But. And I think that's actually shortly after that. That's where I came up with the name Professor T. At the end of that verse, it was and the the aggressor, the, the professor, professor, the professor of rhyming. I delivered uh, these lines with impeccable. So everyone obviously called me trainer anyway, but uh, I decided to call myself Professor T after that. And the New Blood Rising, just as a note of trivia, there, the New yeah. Blood Rising was the name of a WCW pay per view. <laughs> Back in the early 2000s. <laughs> so your rap was heavily influenced by WCW. <laughs> yes. And I, I always liked the, the name and it stuck with me for like four years. And um, I always used to throw those little references that I only really I would get myself. But I always <laughs> sprinkle those things into my verses um, yeah. all the time. So yeah. little things that stuck with me over the years for absolutely no reason. But that phrase, new blood rising always kind of stuck with me so yeah I, well, I'm glad you I, I never knew that so yeah you, you learn as you go on yeah um, so just let's have a look at what else we have here so we've talked about Make It Happen the intro song uh, I think one of the better liked songs from that era as well is Drink Ballad Drink yeah. Ballad yeah so that was us basically talking about going out drinking and that was all there was to it really we just going out on the piss yeah it was a very uh, kind of congruent song with our lifestyle because that's it was playing a big partner life at that time so and I think really um, the chorus of that one as well talks about us rap battling and talks about what it was like to go out drinking because I, I, th- I think I wrote the chorus of that if I'm not mistaken I think this one you wrote two verses and the chorus <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the chorus was give me a drink so I don't have to think about responses and that actually speaks volumes about how I felt at the time I was kind of shy, introverted, quiet person. Mm. But when we drank alcohol, you didn't have to think about responses because yeah. they came naturally. Yeah, that was very much our mindset. Yeah, that's why we were getting drunk, so you don't have to think. Exactly. Like, that's a kind of a like, disturbing thing in a way, yeah. but like that's what we were trying to do. Like, But it is. You don't have to think about responses, the nonsense, the <laughs> nightlife. The limelight. The limelight, which we were placing ourselves in because we were rap battling. Yeah. The benefit of hindsight. Yeah. 
which is obviously when you think about it, things you've done the next day. Yeah. Once the liquor is flowing, showing no signs of slowing, shots are going down faster than a secretary on a headmaster. When I plastered, I can be a bastard. A disaster waiting to happen, like Dara Agni rapping. Fumbling, stumbling, not speaking but mumbling. Fighting, accusing, and bruising, and paranoia. I'll destroy you when I finish destroying my liver. The amount I drink, you'd quiver. Some of the lines I'd liver though when inebriated are class. Impromptu and crass, like dirty jokes in mask. The vodka is my engine, none of this pretending. 20 fucking casualties at witness. You wouldn't want to miss this. The potential head kicking was worth this. So give me a drink so I don't have to think about responses. It's constant, the nonsense, the nightlife, the limelight, the benefit of hindsight. Give me a drink so I don't have to think about responses. It's constant, the nonsense, the nightlife, the limelight, the benefit of hindsight. I've been talking all this drunken gibberish. Eight points of Guinness shit. Hold on to finish this. Inhibitions diminishing. Wishing, reminiscing about what I'm missing. And then I start pissing anywhere I can. On the floor, on a man. Ask March J. O'Connor, urinated on his right hand. Life of the party, my pants be smarty when I'm drinking. Party not gonna have a good time. My true colors shine true like a chameleon. I'm a comedian with my rhapsody. Then bohemians, rubber shells put together. It doesn't matter the weather. I be drinking booze straight from the wine cellar. I'm a star, but yeah. bizarre, never we, we be Oh jeez We be We be drinking booze <laughs> Oh I just I can't do We be Drinking booze Straight from the wine cellar What, what was this We be I, You know that's the way Rappers talked in America At the time yeah. I, it's, my, That album is littered with me <laughs> Saying things like that We be drinking booze Straight from the wine cellar There's a couple of references I might ask you I'll yeah. ask you two. One, the first one is about Dara Agnew. Yeah, okay. So back when we were out rap battling, obviously uh, we needed people to rap battle against. And often it would just be innocent bystanders or some of the lads or whoever was out on the, on the night with us. And then they would often try to retaliate. So Agnew used to try and rap battle back. And he well, we, it was a sort of a, more of a cipher where we were passing the microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe that was it. Yeah, okay. yeah that's but, the uh, technical term, a cipher. A cipher, yeah. <laughs> Agnew was... Uh, it, got, it was his turn to rap. God yeah. bless him. You know, he tried. <laughs> but we used to sort of invite people into the ironing room and we had a beat playing and we'd be sort of practiced and really good. And the game was pass the microphone around and everyone had to rap. So that we can show off how good we are and make other people feel yeah, comfortable. Yeah, and make them yeah feel inferior to us. But uh, yeah, so that was Daria and you rapping. And then the other reference... He's atrocious. 20 fucking casualties of Witness was when we went down to witness the music festival and I was rap battling uh, yeah. a lot of people. So the casualties, uh, that's a metaphor for the yeah, people so, yeah, I probably, killed on the mic. You do, well, yeah. So we probably should have referenced that chronologically. But yeah, that was one of the, the key memories from that rap battling period, going down to witness on one of the nights out, just rapping, you rapping uh, like a passersby and eventually other people would come up and challenge you. Yeah. And you got a big crowd, like 20 or 30 people gathered around and yeah. you'd sort of send 50 them off. people yeah 50, 70 or 90 or 200 people 100 or so people yeah. <laughs> and you kind of would rap with them they were all shit and yeah. you would send them on their way then yeah. and then the next one would come up and uh, yeah it was anyway. good it was a good laugh so that was a reference yeah. in that song okay great um, that was Drink Battle that really was a uh, song that stood out from so we should mention now as well back in school it was me and you but there was also another lad Stephen Bonner who was hugely into hip hop and he was Ooh. in Blanquin with us and we Invited him along to one of the recording sessions, or maybe more, um, to record a few songs with us. So we actually did uh, three songs with Bonner, or the nickname we gave him at the time was The Beast. The Beast Bonner. But it was an affectionate nickname. Yeah, it was affectionate. uh, We were trying to come up with a a stage name for him. Yeah. 
Um, so, so Stephen the Beast Banner. Because he was kind of, I'd say he was like us, but maybe a bit small bit quieter than us. Yeah. But he did have some good lyrics. Like, yeah, really so he was a beast lyrics. on the microphone. There were beastly lyrics inside him. Yeah. And there was dark, kind of, uh, very cutting, um, very kind of blunt uh, themes and topics that he had to Yeah, that, you could tell that he'd given a lot of thought to those lyrics and they were meaningful. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, obviously, he's actually been more successful than us now, and he's gone yeah, and released an album. And it's available he went on to call himself Deep Reasoning, and he, yeah, he, he has a lot more polished and kind of higher quality music than what we were ultimately ever able to produce. Back then, we were just writing about fucking anything, and one of those songs was Fuck Everything. Fuck Everything. I think that's one of the best verses you've ever done. <laughs> and my verse paled well, in comparison because I was trying to piggyback off your words. Thank you, but I suppose... Uh, thank you for finally acknowledging <laughs> no, 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 I think that song, the sound quality and stuff in it wasn't very good, and we didn't sort of complete it as good a song it could have been. Um, what was good about it, if I may say so myself, was the structure of the verse. So it followed a clear structure, so it was... Fuck writing, actions speak louder than words. Fuck words, every sentence must have a verb. Fuck verbs, words that describe an action. Fuck the action, cameras, lights, and distractions. Fuck distractions, they only get in the way. Fuck the way your life's path changes every day. Fuck day, I'm a creature of the night. Fuck the night, I can't write without any light. Fuck light, it faded long ago in my life. Fuck life, it's nothing but trouble and strife. Fuck everything. Fuck everything. Fuck him, fuck her, fuck everyone. Fuck you, fuck them, fuck everything. I can't remember it exactly. Okay, yeah. <laughs> fuck your father, fuck your mother, fuck your, your fucking son. <laughs> fuck your beliefs, fuck your beef, fuck everything. <laughs> but uh, I, what I'm trying to say to toot my own horn and blow my own trumpet was. It's to, a lot of instruments over there. <laughs> a lot of instruments, I'm an orchestra over here. <laughs> was to, like, that structure, at least I was, like, playing with structure and, like, that verse had a clear structure so it was the the word at the end of each line became the thing that was fucked so it was in like, the next line yeah in the line the next thing line. that was fucked and then you did that in your verse as well yeah mine was shit though what the, what was it fuck what uh, <laughs> fuck uh, fuck the media fucking glamorizing uh, trivia fuck, fuck trivia th- like what's the capital of Bolivia, Bolivia. Fuck no, Bolivia. Like, no it's, it's, it's just it's, another fucking country <laughs> fuck countries country <laughs> the real just divisions of land fuck land I always land on my feet fuck feet you'll be defeated by this beat fuck beats no I'm not going to no, really that. no it didn't work it's atrocious <laughs> no but uh, I just tried to ape your sound structure yeah and uh, yeah, it was it was shit. Yeah. But your song, your verse was good. We kind of had a, a lot of songs like that over the years. I think where one of us had an idea, a germ of an idea, mm. and then the other person had to write to that idea. Yeah. And there'd be a verse of better quality and a verse of not so good quality. Yeah, they didn't. We didn't quite uh, like fit sometimes. Sometimes we didn't actually collaborate at all. It yeah. was just one of us would go off and come up with an idea, and the other person would have to shoehorn yeah. a verse into that idea. Yeah, and we justify by that by saying to ourselves, "That's like creative." That well, we've come up with different verses, and yeah. so they link together in some way, and we find some weird, <laughs> yeah, like metaphor or something. Whether yeah, like, sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't at all. But yeah. uh, I think there's a lot of songs in the catalog that. But it was, it was a, yeah, like it was an outcome of how we wrote songs at the time. It was very like creative, spontaneous, yeah. and like we didn't but like we were off kind of writing on our own as well. Yeah, uh, they would say in the project management word we world we were siloed. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> yes, siloed. Oh, Working God. in silos. We were. Um, right. Okay. So that's kind of a run through of the the more popular songs on the album. Although there's one or two left that bear uh, discussing. Um, and one of those, of course, is real hip hop from the soul. No, of course, money choke. <laughs> <laughs> the less said about that, the better. Uh, no, uh, let's go and get pissed. 
obviously yeah. it was a hugely popular song at the time. So you you describe Let's Go Out and Get Pissed. Okay, uh, so that was played to uh, Jay Z's Big Pimpin'. So it was like ding 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 ding. A great beat. Dun, dun, dun. So we put the lyrics to that. Let's go out and get pissed, everybody. Let's go out and get pissed, everybody. And I'm pretty sure that was all your. Uh, creativity there. I think that you came up with that whole idea of a chorusy song with the Let's Go Out and Get Pissed chorus. Um, Maybe and it was, I don't know. And then you had written a brilliant verse to it as well, actually. We both, both wrote quite good verses. When I'm on the mic, you better respect me. Do you want to do a bit of that first time? I don't know if I remember, but okay. When I'm on the mic, you better respect me. I'm not going to let events that affect me determine the course of my life and my destiny. I know I can be what I want to be. I'm going my own way, like Cassius Clay, going to do what I want to do and say what i got to say to make it in this world today. It's very difficult. That's why I shine on every line and every syllable. It's true to say, but music is my passion. Something flows through me when I'm sitting relaxing. The rhythm and blues and the hip-hop beats. My head spots up, up and down and I tap my feet. I'm in my own world and every destination, but music lifts me up like a force of levitation. I'm elevating. I'm stand on stage getting standing ovations like somebody said. Like my father, like my said. father said. Who who else would have said it? <laughs> the train's pulling out of the station and then let's go out and get pissed yeah. everybody and then coming to you at your verse. I my verse follows. You're tricking me into doing verses Yeah, the American influence was still there. Oh my god. But the chorus was very catchy and when we later performed that at like gigs, everyone joined in on that. And but yeah, that, that was the set closer. That, yeah, that, that was, was the same. end of the night. That yeah. was the thing we'd come back on stage for and do an encore with. Yeah, the, in the ten. Everyone, you know. Irish people especially, love to sing along with that chorus. Let's and go. Out after and one utterance of "Let's go out and get pissed," they knew it, so they were able to sing along. Yeah, it, was, it just went with that beat. Yeah. very very good. And so people used to. Maybe we, one day we'll do another version of that, but it's so tied to the beat that yeah, counts, like the pink, big pimp and beat. Like remember the time we tried to recreate Two Face Fake Snakes with a new beat? No, oh, that, was, that was dog shit. That was one of our darkest <laughs> moments. We should actually play that just to demonstrate how bad it is. Oh, so when we get to that point, obviously yeah. that's much further down the line. Um, so let's go out and get pissed. And we can't go, uh, we can't wrap this one up without discussing the sellout song, which to this day gets the most requests more than more than any mm. other song we've ever done. Which probably reflects the ego of other people <laughs> because they get mentioned. <laughs> because they get mentioned in it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the song where we mention everyone we know. And yeah, everybody we, we know, it was a, just basically name dropping. Name dropping completely and, and trying to make funny rhymes out of people's names and basically referencing people so that they would like it. And teasing people in it as well and not very nice teasing sometimes. No. <laughs> so that's another one. Some of it was quite nasty. <laughs> so that's another one that can't ever see the light of day that yeah, I lose my job over. Surely there's bits that I would just... Okay, no, Stephanie Summer's more like Stephanie Autumn. That's probably my favourite. Oh, you were saying bits of the song? No, I'm just saying we said a few times, as I've said a few times, there's bits and comes actually that would... I don't think it can ruin my career. I mean, I'd, be, I'd happily stand over it if it ever leaked out and just say that we were fucking 18 years old and we didn't know what we were doing. Okay, so um, we're back. We're back, yeah. So just to finish up, Camera's Action Doom, by the way. I don't know if we referenced the name of the album. Let's just reference where the name of the album came from. Actually. Yeah, we'll just probably finish up on that. And yeah. Um, so Camera's Action Doom came from a lyric that I had, uh, <laughs> I had wrote. And I was in that st- that point of saying really weird things like B, I be on the mic and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So it was, uh, <laughs> on this stage, I rose from the to- tomb. Camera's action doom of thoughts be hitting me. 
like boom 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 shake shake the room what song was that in? <laughs> was it Lemon's Us? Leader and Us? yeah I think it was Lemon's yeah, Us yeah. Carver's actually doing off thoughts be it it's worth repeating on this stage I rose from the tomb Camera's action doom of thoughts be hitting me like Camera's <laughs> action doom no like boom 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 shake shake the room okay and I thought like you could just put in boom boom shake shake the room and everything would be fine if you just do it in that because yeah. there's lots of ooh sounds and yeah. Yeah. thoughts be hitting me that's just very strange nah, it's bizarre. Camera's action doom of thoughts <laughs> Camera's action doom of thoughts <laughs> That's the most bizarre lyrics I've ever. I was serious at the time. Like, it wasn't a joke. Like, it's like you're playing on lights, cameras, action. But it's like cameras, action, do. Cameras, action, do. That's a well-known phrase, but it's not. It was ridiculous. But the 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 phrase cameras, action, doom actually caught something. Of I think it was the process of recording. Yeah. It was when it was time for the cameras action to yeah. ready to record that there, it was a certain there's doom. a bit of doom. Yeah. <laughs> it is because it's like shit now I have to do this. Yeah. We're just doom y doomish. Yeah. So we just ended up calling the the first album Cameras Action Doom. Cameras Action Doom, yeah, and it's probably a unique phrase that doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. It's so. it's, it's a nice phrase though, isn't it? We yeah. stumbled across it. Let's use it again cameras at some point. Doom, yeah, we just throw it in casually and just infiltrate the yeah. world. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up there. Um, so that's episode two in the bag. Hopefully there's no sound issues which will prevent this ever from being heard. But what we're going to go on to in the next album is... Next episode. Sorry, the next episode is when we collaborated with various different people. So over the years we collaborated with... Yeah, we do that as well. We do, sorry, I, I thought we were the, the stage performance came first. Okay, sorry. Okay, so what we will discuss, yeah, we, we will discuss. We were going to discuss uh, the first ever time we ever did a gig. Yeah. Um, and then our collaboration, most likely with Short Clan. Yeah. Which led on to our um, recording collaboration with Dennis, the DJ, DJ A Plus. Yeah. Uh, and then, which eventually led on to our second album. So we'll. we'll yeah. So we'll, we'll see you next time for that. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks a lot. Cheers. See ya. Bye.